This morning, I have a special scripture for you, and there is a blessing in it that if we receive it by faith, it has the capacity to open up your understanding of what God is doing with you and where your life is going. How many would like to know that kind of thing? Well, let's turn to Numbers, the 14th chapter. And in this is a word that is said by the Lord about a man called Caleb. Now, Caleb is a most unusual individual. He, along with numerous other leaders in Israel, had this distinction that he had a different spirit. A different spirit. We might say that in today's lingo, he had the right kind of spirit. Anyway, uh, Caleb is mentioned in four different books in the Old Testament, which is most unusual that the Spirit of God who inspired the Word would identify him in a special way these many times. He is mentioned ten times in these four books. And each, each time, his testimony is repeated, that he wholly followed the Lord. Mm. He wholly followed the Lord. He did things God's way. He did it the way God said to do it anyway, in spite of. He chose to have a right spirit. And I think that's important for us to store up in our hearts. Of the four previously mentioned, Joseph, Caleb, David, and Daniel, who each in their own right achieved great success, I've chosen Caleb to, to talk about this morning because God singled him out because of his outstanding testimony and life. In Numbers 14.24, God says this, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now there's promise in here for every age that's here today. There is a word in here from the youngest to the oldest. And before we get through this morning, and I'm going to have to hurry to get it done, we're, we're going to cover that. Here's some of the things that made Caleb distinctive, that made him a standout. He was one of the 12 spies that went in to look over the land of Canaan and come back and give a report. He was one of two that gave a positive report out of the 12, which meant that there were 
10 that were negative about it, all that they could see were giants and they were afraid. Caleb and Joshua said, we are well able to go in and take it. Another thing is that he survived the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness while the unbelieving generation died off. In other words, if you put it in today's language, no matter what kind of problems churches go through, he didn't cut and run and look for another church. He stayed there and worked to help a church heal or become strong again. There are several of you here that have seen that happen. You stuck by the stuff, you prayed, you stayed and believed God, and God has done a marvelous restoring work in this church. Amen? Amen. Okay. At 85 years old, now here's a promise for us seniors. I'm not 85 yet, but I'm looking at it. And uh, believe it or not, I'm only seven years away from that. And I want to be able to say the same thing that Caleb did when he looked at his inheritance that was full of giants. And he said, I am 85 years of age. And just as the Lord has promised, he has kept me alive these 45 years. I am now 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said, and he did. Some of you may be looking at things that you've been praying for and saying, I have family that's not saved. I have other things that are a challenge for me. Don't you give up and say because you're in your senior years that the victories are past their history. Your history in the making and as long as you live, God's doing something through you. And I'm saying that because I'm believing that. I'm 77 years old. I'll be 78 in July, and I'm not afraid of the future. I'm still enjoying and having the best time of my life in ministry that I've ever had. Just, yeah, you should say amen. I'm looking out at your smiling faces, and some of you are saying, I can't believe this old duffer is still going on. Don't you say don't you think for a minute that I'm going to quit. I'm praying that when the Lord takes me, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. And that'll be the only sermon you ever heard me. 
That'll be the only sermon you ever heard me not finish. <laughs> All right, enough of that nonsense. Okay. There. Boy, you know, it's remarkable how people have this sense of timing when they give an amen. Okay. There are four reasons why all of us should seek to have this right spirit or this different spirit. The first is because it's a choice that we make. It's not something that people just automatically have. You know, I've heard people say, oh, they're just fortunate. They're, they're just happy because they were born that way or they lived in a good family, or they had a different environment. That's a lot of hooey. You are what you choose to be. You have an attitude that you choose to carry. And it doesn't have anything to do with how people treat you and what you've gone through. I get so tired of hearing people whine about all how badly they were treated. You look at these guys that are identified as having a different spirit, they all went through hard times. They all had difficulties to face, and they didn't quit. And God saw to it that they came through victorious. Joseph, for one, was thrown into a pit and sold as a slave by his own brothers. He ended up as a servant in the household of the uh, Potiphar, who was head over Pharaoh's guard or his army. I'm not sure which it was. But anyway, he was there. Then he was falsely accused of being assaulted by, or of assaulting Pharaoh's, uh, rather Potiphar's wife. He ended up in jail. And he was in that jail for several years. And as a result of his faithfulness and you notice, if you look at these guys' lives, you don't hear them whining anywhere. You don't hear them blaming God. You don't hear them saying, why have you done this to me, O God? But what you hear them saying is, Lord, I glorify you. What's the next step? How do you want me to act through this? And he does give them the answers that they need. And he will you. He will you. Don't look at your shoelaces. Lift your eyes to the Lord of glory and keep your eyes on him. He's the one that's going to take you through as he has with everyone else. Caleb's testimony in four Old Testament books, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, and First Chronicles, all refer to the man who said, I will serve the Lord. Me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He was up against 80% of the Israelites. He was part of a 20% that said, let's go in. He stood there listening to them threaten to stone him along with Joshua. They didn't want to hear it, but instead he took a stand. And if you have a right spirit, you'll take a right stand. Amen? That's important for us to recognize that. 
Having a right spirit helped Caleb to make right choices. You know, there's a lot in that. Choices we make are often based on how we feel or what we want or what we think is best. But when you have a right spirit, you know what the right choice is. You know what you ought to do. And you don't have to have somebody come along and say, you need to make a stop at this stop sign because you know the stop sign says stop. But some people, especially in Albuquerque, (laughs) see a stop sign and they don't know what that means. This past week, I've had two occasions where if I hadn't been watching, when the signal changed, I would have been T-boned twice. And I don't know what they were doing, but they just went right on through. You know, I think they had uh, headphones in their ears or a cell phone or something like that. They weren't driving the car. They were somewhere else. When you have a right spirit... You make right choices. Okay. An interesting thing that works in behalf of a person who has a right spirit is that time is on your side. Caleb and Joshua had to endure time to inherit what God had promised. They could have tried to go on in by themselves, but they wouldn't have been able to stand. The inhabitants would have been too strong. They had to wait until God brought them to the perfect time. Until he brought them to the land of Canaan with all of the negativity out of the way. And that sometimes is a case in our personal lives, and sometimes it's a case in a church. You want to see God move in your life? Stop dwelling on the negative. Stop dwelling on the things that didn't happen or the problems. Stop thinking about or letting it occupy your mind what's wrong with other people. Get your mind and your heart on God and watch what happens in your spirit. Something happens. Time works on our behalf. They were in the minority. They were disfavored when they took a stand. But 40 years later, they were key leaders leading Israel into the land of Canaan. And they saw God's promises fulfilled. You have to ask yourself these days... What's most important? What I want or what God wants? You have to ask yourself, is God's way really the way I need to go? Or do I want second best, my way? I don't know that there is anything like a second best. But some people say there's God's permissive will. I don't know that there is anything other than God's will. Time works in your behalf. In Malachi, the third chapter, verses 13 through 18, I'm going to read this. 
You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve the Lord. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God on the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. Listen to this. Those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Look at that again. God listens to our talk. And a scroll of remembrance is kept. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say to them as honestly as you know how, I'm going to watch my talk. Another thing I want to point out here is this. Time is our friend when we leave it in God's hands. So often we want to turn things around. We want to determine when it ought to happen. And if it hasn't happened the way we want it to do, well, we'll just accept our idea about the way it should be. God has a perfect time. You wait on that. I was going with a young lady that I thought was the right one when I was in Bible college. She was a lovely young lady, long blonde hair. As a teenager, I thought that was necessary in, in the girl that I wanted to marry. She was pretty, she was smart, she had uh, all the qualities that a guy would look for in a young lady that he wants to marry. She was a Christian. And this one day I asked, I, I said, God, I've got to know if this is the right one. And this one day I walked into the lobby in the, the church where we were gonna meet she was standing there holding this little baby, her, her sister's new baby in her arms, and she was going on about it and showing me and how cute it was and such. And all of a sudden, everything I felt for her just drained out of me like you pulled a plug in a bathtub. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And then I realized that God was showing me that what I felt for her was chemistry but it wasn't his idea. And you look at this lady over here I've been married to for 55 years. She's not a blonde, but I'll, 
I'll tell you this, I'd much rather have her than any blonde that ever was available. You wait on God. Time is your friend. God will use time to make things perfect. Diamonds are made through pressure and heat and time, compressing worthless carbon into a beautiful stone. God says that he's making up you as his special treasures. Think about that. You're not some worthless thing that he's cast aside. Let him finish the process. Let him accomplish in you what he set out to do. And his promise to Caleb is the same promise today for us. It's a valid promise for us. He says, I will see to it that he inherits, that he comes into, that he gets what I promised him. God's promise to you is that if you trust him, the outcome will be better trusting him than anything you could accomplish on your own. You think about that for a minute. Whatever you plan to do, whatever you think your future was supposed to be, You let God show you whether your plans are his plans. You let him establish in your heart what he wants to do and then go for it. And he says, I'll see that it happens. And the second part of that is your descendants will also want it. What they see happening in you, they will want to happen in them. I can't think of anything greater to look for, to pray for, to expect than that. This may sound like bragging, If it is, God forgive me. But we have three daughters. The the delight of my heart. God gave me a wife in answer to my prayer. That was exactly the kind of mother that I prayed for. I didn't even know exactly what I wanted in that kind of a woman. But he saw to it that I got her. And she invested herself in all three of our girls, and they're all three serving God. I think to some degree I can say that a great part of God's promise to us, I've inherited. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you haven't come to an understanding that God is real, that serving him is the greatest thing in life to do, let me tell you, 
This 77-year-old preacher is talking out of reality, talking out of truth. This is not theory. This is reality. God wants to do it for you. Will you bow your heads with me? He's calling you. He's lifting your hope. And he's saying to you, get your eyes on me. Look beyond your challenges. Look beyond your problems. Look to my promise. And I'll bring you into it. He'll take you through whatever you have to go through. He'll take you through it and see that you come out a winner. While our heads are bowed across this audience this morning, if this word has spoken to you and you sense, you sense that the Holy Spirit is challenging you to make a new stand for God, would you just stand where you're at right now? Just don't hesitate. Just say yes to him by taking a stand. Thank you, Jesus, for the working of your word and your spirit. I want to pray for you. And if you feel like you need to make further steps of commitment, further surrender, the altars will be open. And Pastor and I and others that are appointed for part of the, the prayer team will be available to pray with you. But I want to pray with you right now. Lord, you see these that are standing, a goodly number. And knowing many of them, I recognize that there have been challenges that they've been facing. I just pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will get such a hold in the hearts of each one that this word will lodge in the minds and memory and spirit of each one that what you have helped Joshua and Caleb and Daniel and David and many others to be able to give us testimony that they wholly followed the Lord, that you will give each one of these a strength of purpose and character to make that same commitment, to take that same stand. And Lord, I know you'll take them through. I ask this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Sam leads us in another worship song. Let's just sing in his time. In his time. In his time. He makes all things beautiful. In his time. Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me your way that you do just what you say in your time. All stand. Sing it together. 
speaking to us this morning about having a different spirit than the world that is a right spirit towards God. How many of you want to agree with God <laughs> with your heart, with your life, with your mind, with your dis- say Lord, help me to have a different spirit than I see in the world. Help me to have a right spirit with you. God wants to encourage each of us this morning that he's put us where we are in our family, in our neighborhood, in our job, in this church with a special purpose. All he wants is a right spirit, an obedient heart. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for the encouragement, O oh God, that we can be different, that we can be right with you, O oh God. Just like Caleb, we can live for you in such a dynamic way, O oh God, that we bring glory to you. Help us to do that. Lord, help us to be content in you. Help us to be faithful in our walk and in our witness, O oh God. We ask you, O oh God, to dismiss us this morning with, with your blessing, with your encouragement, O oh God, to live right before you, O oh God, to be the kind of example that the world needs, O oh God. Help us to be, to be men and women of faith, O oh God in this faithless world. Lord, we ask you just to dismiss us with your blessing. Help us to have our eyes upon you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. In his time, in his time, Just what you say.